I'm Robbie Burns. I'm Craig McClellan. And this is Semester 2 of the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Hey there, Robbie. How's it going, Craig? It's going really well. I uh, It's a Saturday morning here, and I got to sleep until 7 o'clock, which with small children, I'm feeling really good right now. That's huge. I, you only beat me by 40 minutes today, or rather I, sh- <laughs> <laughs> I should say... I only beat you by 40 minutes today, which is saying a lot for someone with no children or pets. Yeah, I feel really good about that. Well, I'm fresh off of my first five-day week of school since I really could not tell you. I could not tell you the last time I attended my job for five days in a row. You know, strangely... I think I'm the same, except not for the same reasons as you. Just between holidays, we did have one inclement weather day here. Um, But then we've had like random team, a team planning day where I had a sub where I was attending my job, but not teaching. So same. I don't remember the last time I had a five day week and I'm not going to this coming week either. I'm not even sure that I'm going to have a five day week because they are calling for snow in the Sunday evening forecast. And yeah. Like you said, it's just been a, a crazy year for me, too. Um, looking back, I even the last five-day school week, I was in Ohio presenting at a conference for one and doing curriculum development another day of that week. And I can think of at least one day that I was out of the building pretty much as far back. To, like, I really don't think I've been to more than a handful of five-day weeks of school this year. Welcome to teaching in 2019. I guess there it is. What are we talking about today, Robbie? We are talking about shortcuts, all the types of shortcuts, the native ones, the app ones, the Siri recommended ones, the user created ones, all of the things that cut the short and short the cuts, we are talking about them. (laughs) And we're not just talking about this because we're automation nerds, but at the end of semester one, when... We did an exit ticket survey, the most requested, I think, uh, topic for us for semester two was shortcuts. So we uh, we give the people what we want. Let me try that again. We give the people what they want. <laughs> you can leave that in uh, when, when you edit it, because saying that we give the people what we want is... Uh, Fairly true, too. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, I'm going to get started here before I derail us. Um, I'm going to explain, you know, Robbie just mentioned all of the different types of shortcuts. And true to Apple's nature, they didn't do us any favors with the naming convention of shortcuts. Apple's not great with this. So we have shortcut, shortcut, shortcuts. And I'm going to try and explain that to everybody. Before you do that, can you give a brief history of what shortcuts on iOS are? Absolutely. In the year of our Lord, 2014, an amazing app was released onto the App Store called Workflow. And uh, it was developed by these like super young guys. And it was automation powerhouse on iOS. And it's still amazing to me that it got through app review. Um, and this was in the iOS eight era. So it's been a little while 
And it kept growing in power and popularity until in the spring of 2017, it was purchased by Apple. And it was a very dark period for iOS automation nerds because we were afraid that Apple would shutter our beloved app or ruin it or stop development. But then at WWDC, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, where they announce new operating systems every year, um, just this past June, they announced as part of iOS 12, shortcuts. And while I can't remember which Apple executive it was that was on stage at the time, started talking about, and there will be a native shortcuts app, and they pull it up on screen, and much to my delight, it is just it's workflow 2.0 basically you can tell immediately that it's this amazing app and it has been integrated and we are in the best timeline and apple has done the right thing with this app but then beyond that they have also created things called shortcuts that interact with siri and that you can teach siri shortcuts that could be from the shortcuts app which is, again, Workflow 2.0. And then Siri will start to suggest shortcuts. And so we have all these different things called shortcuts. And it's amazing and wonderful, but it can be a little complicated. So I'm going to dive into what those are now. So the first thing that I want to talk about is outside of the Shortcuts app. And I feel like these are the most accessible type of shortcuts that don't involve trying to figure out how to create a shortcut inside of an app. So, for example, I use GoodNotes 5 a lot in my classroom. I project my iPad up onto the board, and as I'm writing, I will do it in GoodNotes so that my students can see, and I model things into GoodNotes. So there are particular notebooks that I use inside of GoodNotes for each class that I teach. So I can teach Siri a phrase that's like, open my homeroom math notebook. I teach two classes, my homeroom and one other. I teach math and science. My team teacher teaches reading and social studies. So I can say, open my homeroom math notebook. And Siri will just open it up, ready for me to do my lesson. Now, this is, this is a feature that a third-party app developer has to choose to implement into their app. Correct. Yeah, and there is a little button. I can't remember exactly where in GoodNotes because um, I'm not looking at it right this second. But I can say, add this notebook to Siri from the GoodNotes app. They have added something to GoodNotes to allow me to do that. The other way that this can happen is your iOS device can notice that you do something a fair amount. So, for instance, uh, at the same time of day, every day, you go and open up this particular GoodNotes notebook. Well, I can go into, on my iPad, I can go into Settings, Siri and Search, and I will see some suggestions of shortcuts to make. It, it's, it, there's a section that says suggested shortcuts. And right now at the top of that list, it says create 
a record the class nerd item in your calendar because uh, Robbie and I just scheduled our next recording before we start recording today. There's open up a particular draft that I was writing a longer article for my blog and I keep opening that article up to add to it. And so I could just quickly add those and teach them to Siri. And when I do, I can use her to do those tasks. So this to me is the best thing for new users who don't want to get into the programmatic side of trying to work the shortcuts app, which can be a lot more complicated. Yeah, and the settings screen is even itself maybe a stretch for most people who are unfamiliar or who are not going to go poking around for this feature. Uh, There's actually an easier way that Apple exposes this feature, at least the Siri suggested shortcuts. If you swipe down anywhere in the center of the home screen to search using the spotlight, you will often see a few Siri suggestions for different shortcuts. So like right now, if I swipe down to do a search on my iPad, something that I recently did was send a text message to a friend of mine, and it's offering me the option to send her another message. It's very similar user interface to the settings screen, um, just a little bit more predictive. Like if you go to the settings screen, it's going to give you a list of all of the conceivable things you've done recently. Whereas I think the spotlight suggestions tend to try to predict certain times of day or locations where maybe you do those certain actions. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I was curious what Siri would suggest to me. And so I opened up Spotlight and that opening up that article draft that I just mentioned, because I've been working on it so much lately, that was one of the suggestions right there. So they are consistent, but this can be easier to access, just like you said, Robbie. I find this is a little bit hit or miss for me in terms of like how predictive it is. Like definitely I love the idea that Siri is suggesting things to me, but what it is suggesting to me on that Spotlight screen is not... Like, sometimes it suggests really interesting stuff to me, just stuff that it would have to be the perfect exact time for it to suggest that, for it to be useful. For example, um, I will often see the suggestion to text you, but is that because I do it often or because it's saying, oh, you did this at 8 p.m. last night? Maybe I want to recommend this to you at 8 p.m. I'm not really sure, but I'll often get something really, really interesting like, create a note in drafts called this thing. Uh, And I'm like, that would be so useful to me, just not like right when I'm looking at my phone in the parking lot about to walk into work. Right. Uh, One time that I have found where it is really good is it looks at your contacts' birthdays, and I will see, if it is someone's birthday, I will see text this person happy birthday. Not only show up in Spotlight Search, but even a lot of times on my lock screen, Um, And that's super helpful. So moving on to the Shortcuts app. This is essentially a way that you can custom create automated actions on your device and speed up processes that could somehow take a little while otherwise. And to me, this app is one of the main reasons I'm able to work from an iPad because there are certain things that 
are slower on an iPad than they are on a Mac and super tedious and maybe not even possible unless you automate them. And it can it can be really complicated. You can do some amazing stuff that even I don't understand down to really simple one, two-step actions. And so let me explain what I mean by actions. Um, the Shortcuts app has a bank of hundreds of different actions. And those could be something like send text to another app. It could be get today's date. It could be do math on today's date. So add three days to today's date. And there, it's it's a really nice visual interface. Instead of something like Scriptable, which uses JavaScript, you don't have to know a particular language. You just need to figure out what do I want to do and what action will help me do that and then just drag it and drop it into a shortcut. And a, when I say a shortcut, I mean a series of actions that you can run inside the Shortcuts app. But you can run a series shortcut inside of a shortcut. Yes. Getting to that. Yes. <laughs> um, so along with, as you just said, along with actions from the Shortcuts app that were there back in the workflow days, you can add these native shortcut actions as well. And then uh, you can also run things like URL schemes, which we talked about a fair amount back last semester in our drafts episode, which we will link to in the show notes. A URL scheme is a way for apps to communicate using URLs to open and share information. Um, and you can also even make API calls. And so, for example, if you wanted to get some information from the Dark Sky API or from Airtable or something like that that has an open and documented API, you can do that straight from shortcuts. So you can go from as simple as running a series of those native shortcuts that we talked about earlier all the way to making API calls. And that's what I'm talking about when I say it can be super complicated or super simple. But every single thing you just mentioned is an action in shortcuts that can be dragged into a shortcut as a step. Correct. So let me give a basic example. I have a shortcut called number talks. And for those of you who don't teach elementary math, number talks, it's a teaching strategy where you, as a class, discuss math problems and... It's a way to build number sense. And so I use, this is one of the things I use good notes for. I'll write the problem. I'll write down different kids' solutions and document them as we go so kids can visually see what their classmates are talking about at, as well as audibly hear. Um, and it's been one of the best things. If, if you do teach elementary math and you don't know about number talks, check out the book, um, because it is amazing. It's just called Number Talks. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it has revolutionized how I teach math. Anyway, I have for my homeroom and the other class, I have a Number Talks notebook in GoodNotes, and that's all those are for. And I wanted to automate opening the correct notebook um, at the right time of day because I teach the uh, my co-teacher's homeroom in the mornings and my class in the afternoons. So I have a shortcut that gets today's date and time 
And if the time is currently a.m., it opens up my co-teacher's notebook. If it's p.m., it opens mine. And I did this with just a few really simple steps. And I'll explain. It's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five steps. So um, I'll explain the different actions. And I will also post a link where you can download this shortcut into uh, your own shortcuts app and you can see it yourself. So the first action is called date and I just dragged it in and it says use current date or a specified date and I want the current date. So I tap the button that says current date and that's not when I'm running the shortcut that is in the setup screen. So they're just, these are options that you can set as you're building the shortcut. And then uh, I have a format date which means do I want it to say like, you know, March 2nd, 2019, or do I want it to say 2019-03-02? What's the format that I want? And I format it to where it basically just gets the time and I make sure that it says AM or PM. And you'll be able to see that when you download the shortcut. And then I have an if statement. And if statements are something out of programming languages. And it basically says... If this condition is true, do one thing. If the condition is false, do another. And so I have the condition set to if the input, which is the current time, contains the value AM, and then it's going to open up the other class's notebook. And then otherwise, it's going to open mine. And then those two open commands are those native shortcuts that we talked about earlier. So when I'm in the setup screen and I tap the search button for different actions, I can scroll down to good notes and I will see actions to open all my different notebooks. And I just drag that in and it works. Um, and so then in the settings of that shortcut, there's an add to Siri button and it allows me to record a Siri phrase. And I made the Siri phrase, it's time for number talks. And so when I get up in front of the class to do number talks, I say, hey, assistant lady, it's time for number talks. And she goes bleep, blop, blorp, and opens up the correct notebook. And every time my third graders think it's the coolest thing in the world. That's awesome. So it can be as simple as that is really just... I have two of those native shortcuts that don't involve any crazy URLs, don't involve any programming, and I just set up a condition to say, at this time of day, open one, at this time of day, open another. And this saves me a lot of time because I will say the good notes interface and figuring out which notebook is which is not the easiest. So for me to be able to just have my computer figure that out for me and open it because I do the same things at the same time of day saves me a lot of time, a lot of frustration, and it helps engage my students at the beginning of a lesson. And I don't know if you touched on this earlier, but the singular Siri recommended shortcuts themselves also can have a Siri phrase associated with them. Yes. Now, these Siri shortcut phrases are unlike other Siri interactions in that you must say the thing that you make your catchphrase verbatim or else you do not get a response from your shortcut. Which is why I don't have a ton of them 
because I can't remember the exact wording very well, but for ones that I use over and over again, it's great. Now, I will also say that another really powerful way to use the Shortcuts app is just as a launcher for these native shortcuts without a Siri phrase. And so what I mean by that is um, the Shortcuts app has a fantastic widget in the Today View. And so if there is a native shortcut that you want to use all the time, but you don't want to have to talk to your assistant, you can just set a single action inside of a shortcut in the Shortcuts app that is that native shortcut, and then make sure that it's in the widget in that shortcut setting. And then when you want to run it, you tap the button in the shortcut widget, and it'll do that shortcut for you. And shortcuts can also be made into apps on the home screen. Yeah, that's another great way to do that. I prefer the widget personally. I feel like they take a little longer when they're on the home screen, but it's definitely an option. And what it does for the home screen app is it simply creates a URL and uh, it publishes that to the web and allows you to use the turn this web page into a bookmark on your home screen option. Uh, so you're basically just bookmarking a URL that triggers a shortcut to happen. And then, of course, the bookmark to that URL appears as an app icon, much in the same way that if you ever bookmarked Facebook before that was an app and put it on your home screen. It's the same way. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah. Some people do that on purpose just to avoid the temptation of using Facebook easily. Well, now that we've sufficiently confused everybody, <laughs> let's, uh, so I will say, let me, let me say one more thing before we transition into the next, uh, the next section. So I put out onto micro.blog and Twitter last night, hey, we're recording an episode about shortcuts. What questions do you have? And one of the questions that I got is, man, making these shortcuts in the shortcut app is hard. What are some ways I can learn to do it? And we'll, we're actually going to share some of those questions later on in the episode, and I'll get more into detail into that. But the way that I learned is when someone would share a cool shortcut on Twitter or Federico Vitici would on MacStories.net or things like that, I would download, even if it was something that I didn't need to be able to do, I would still download it and go, how did he do this? Or she, there were people, I, I don't want to exclude any women. I was more speaking about Federico, but there are plenty of other people who have shared them with me um, and just go, how did they do this? And look at it and try and understand what was happening and then apply that to a problem that I actually needed to solve. So at the time, I didn't need to publish um, a picture to Mac Stories um, because I'm not Federico. But understanding how API calls worked inside of Shortcuts was super helpful and I could reference those when I needed to figure out for something myself. So we're going to share some of our favorite Shortcut workflows, shortcut, shortcuts, you know what we mean. Maybe you don't um, with with you guys. And then even if you're like, yeah, I don't have that specific use case. If you're interested in shortcuts, we're going to put links to all of these in the show notes. Download them, open them up, look at them and figure out what we're doing and see if you can use that to help you solve a problem that you actually have. 
Yeah, and I think that you're going to find, listeners, that you're going to get a little bit of both worlds in this next section because Craig and I are like opposite type shortcuts users. Well, I would say maybe your shortcuts use encompasses my shortcuts use, but everything I'm about to detail is two to six steps. And I think you get more into the larger scale, multiple step workflows that include bits of code, bits of the, uh, you know, bits of scripting. For me, it's a little bit more straightforward. So hopefully between these two approaches, uh, if you're listening, you'll get a comprehensive idea how this could be put to your use. Yeah. And I, you know, the ones that I added for this purpose, I tried to focus mine on either things that the common man would enjoy or that are specifically teaching related. I didn't get into you know, my most complicated shortcuts have to do with things like publishing episodes of the class nerd to the blog. And that's not something that literally any of our listeners have to do because that's just you and me. But, um, you know, if for some reason you are interested in that kind of thing and getting really complicated, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or micro.blog. I'm at Craig McClellan on both of those. And I actually did, I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but um, I just posted something in the last few days at the time that we're recording about a really complicated shortcut I use to, um, to post to my blog in the background using APIs and things like that. So I'll, I'll put a link to that and you can check that out as well. Cool. All right, well, I'm gonna go to my first workflow or shortcut you know, a shortcut is a workflow, and not just because workflow used to be the name of the app, but because anything you do on your computer that involves steps is a workflow. And so I'm going to detail my first. Uh, I've got a series of rehearsal prep shortcuts that allow me to get documents in order that typically would just be a stack of paper I would bring up to the front of the podium before teaching band class. But now I run one or two of these shortcuts, and I get those documents all in line and in order on my iPad screen. So the first of which takes a clean copy of a digital seating chart, and it opens it for me in GoodNotes. Uh, I wanted a way to really quickly capture information on top of a graphical seating chart that had my students' names, and I wanted to be able to log that those log those annotations in a permanent place where I could later compare it against a rubric and generate a weekly rehearsal procedures and practices grade. And so what I did was using an app called OmniGraffle, I designed this seating chart. It's very colorful, has uh, lots of little blocks and the students' names are in the blocks. And I saved this seating chart to a PDF in my Dropbox. And so what the shortcut does is it's only two steps. Step one is called get file. And if you're looking for this, you can just in the search window and shortcuts, you just type in get file. And then the service that the file is going to come from is Dropbox, which is where I'm storing the PDF. And then all I do is specify the name of the PDF or the file path, if there is one. So if it's not just in the root directory of Dropbox. And then the second step is called open in. This is one of my most used actions in the shortcuts app. And all I do is I specify, hey, whatever item I'm currently dealing with, open that in an app of my choice. And the app of choice is GoodNotes. 
So what this does is it just simply creates a fresh copy of that seeding chart in GoodNotes. Now, what I also do is there are times where I want to open that seeding chart and also have my lesson plan open on the screen at the same time. And my lesson plan, I organize in an app called Omni Outliner, which is an app we've mentioned before. It's just really easy to drag around the various different orders of my plan so that I can uh, you know, organize them in the linear fashion that makes conceptual sense for me. I can also choose ways to design my lesson plan. I like to make my lesson plan have really big fonts so I can read it from where my head is in relationship to the podium music stand. So I've got this lesson plan in Omni Outliner and I've got my seating chart. So my next shortcut, this shortcut takes a shortcut <laughs> and then adds other steps to it. So first step is it takes the shortcut that creates a new concert band seating chart, which is my second period class, uh, and opens it in GoodNotes. But because there's an action in shortcuts called run a shortcut, I'm basically just running the create seating chart shortcut within this greater shortcut. Uh, and then following that is a step called open file, which is actually an Omni outliner action that Omni, the Omni group has created as one of a few different actions that the Omni outliner can do in the shortcuts app. And all that this step does is it just looks for that file on my iPad and it opens it in the app. So the end of the day, I tap one button. I launched this from the today widget, like you were mentioning earlier, and then it opens both of those two documents. That's great. That's, that's an awesome example of how this can save you time as a teacher. Um, I'm going to share one that doesn't have to do with teaching, but that my, I actually, that I built for my non techie wife um, who literally never uses the shortcuts app except for in this one case. And it's super handy. Um, I do not personally use Instagram, um, but my wife loves it. And um, sometimes I will record a video of our kids doing something or, um, and she'll want to post that to her Instagram stories. But the problem is uh, Instagram even though Apple introduced a new file format for pictures and video with iOS 11 in 2017, Instagram still will not let you upload videos in that new format to your stories. And it's 2019. And so on my wife's phone, I just have her settings set to where it only captures in the old format. Um, cause I don't want her to have to stress about that, but I keep it, my phone set to the new format. But if I take a video for her, Instagram is not going to post it. So I have a shortcut that she can run that will convert the file format of the videos. Um, and it's, it's cool. Um, it basically it's called, I, I created, it's called convert video file type for Instagram. And you run it and it searches your photo library for the latest five videos that are in there um, using an action called get latest videos. And it presents them to you as a list and lets you pick which video you want to actually use using a choose from list action. And then it 
uh, Shortcuts has a built-in action called encode media. And if you just automatically set, just drag in that encode media, it reformats the, if you just drag it in without changing any settings at all, it will change it from the HEVC, I think is the new file format to uh, .mov or whatever it is that Instagram needs. Um, and then it will save the converted video back to the your photo library and it will delete the old one in the format that's not useful. So this she uses this probably once a month and I've taught her how to do it. She just opens up the shortcut app and taps the shortcut and it just does it for her and she doesn't have to worry about it. Um, so that to me is, it. it's an example of, this isn't just for nerds. Now, maybe it's because she's married to a nerd that she has this problem to begin with. But either way, um, it it's a great, great little tool for her. That's very cool. I haven't built my wife any shortcuts. I don't know if she uses them at all, actually. Maybe I'll have to get on that. So my next couple are... They're not school-related, but they are. Um, in the same way that last semester we did, we, we did a whole episode on mental and physical health tracking apps. Uh, our ability to be healthy is really directly related to how well we do our job. And so a lot of my preparation for how good a teacher I am is how I prepare for my day. And I have a series of morning routine shortcuts that vary in their relevance to instruction, but all in one way or another support me getting up out of bed in the morning and getting to work with my head on straight. So my very, very first one is called Wake Up. And this one is just about seven or eight steps, but they're all really short. Step one, well, first of all, I say, hey, lady... I'm awake. And then the shortcuts app wakes up and it runs a scene called good morning. And that is a scene that turns on all of the lights in my home. It uh, dimly turns on my nightstand light and uh, sets the temperature in the house to something reasonable so that I'm, you know, everything is turned on when I go downstairs the next thing that happens is I've got to take some medication in the morning. I can't eat for an hour after I do that. So uh, when I say I'm awake, then shortcuts starts a 60-minute timer, and then it says, 60-minute timer set. Don't forget to take medication. And that's just a text block action where I've typed out that statement and then followed it up with another action called speak text, which just simply speaks the text that was in the text block in the previous step. Then I've got a couple of third-party app actions. The next one is from the Carrot Weather app, and that action simply reads the weather to me for the morning. The next one is a third-party action for the AutoSleep app, and this one is like a companion. It's got a companion app called Auto Wake, which is a sleep tracking app that runs on the Apple Watch, and basically it senses my least deep sleep based on my sleeping patterns and wakes me up within a 30 minute window of not being in a very deep sleep. 
Um, so once that app wakes me up and I've said my little Siri phrase, then the this step in the shortcut tells me how I actually slept, how many hours I got, how deep my sleep was. And then some mornings I'll do a headspace meditation. So then uh, some more text will be read to me. It'll say opening headspace, put in AirPods, and then it'll open up headspace to the daily meditation, which is, again, just a third-party app integration that Headspace has set up in the Shortcuts app. So all of that stuff happens just by me saying, hey, lady, I'm awake. Now, once I'm actually going about my routine, I've got a series of really fun coffee-related shortcuts that I run. I've got a shortcut called I'm Making Coffee for Two, in which case... Uh, actually, I'm in the kitchen by this point, so I say it in my HomePod picks up on this one. And the HomePod reminds me how many grams of water I need in relationship to 40 grams of coffee beans, which have just been freshly ground in my Baratza Virtuoso Burr Grinder. And then it sets a 45-second timer so that I can add the first little bit of hot water to the Chemex for the bloom. Yes, that's right. I have a coffee making shortcut that does all of this stuff. I'm really proud of you. That's amazing. <laughs> and then once that is over, what I really need to have it do is like, tell me, Hey, timer is up now add more water and then set another timer. But I, I haven't really gone that far yet anyway. So at a certain point I am out the door and in the car, in which case I have another shortcut that says uh, it requires me to say, hey, lady, I'm going to work. And then it has a couple of steps. Step one is an Apple Maps step that just simply starts giving me driving directions to a specified location. Then I have a step from a podcast player called Overcast, which simply just plays, starts playing whatever episode I was most recently listening to. And then I have a step from the OmniFocus task app, which shows me my forecast, which is a view in that app. That's basically all the tasks that are due today. So I kind of get in my car, it's warming up a little bit. I say the thing and then my podcast starts playing. I get driving directions to work and I get a real quick glimpse of what I'm going to be thinking about when I sit down at my desk. That's great. I need to, I need to have more morning routine stuff. I just, my mornings are not very routine when I have small children that can wake up at any second and throw a wrench in the routine, but uh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, we're going long and I still want to get some questions out of the way. So I'm going to share one more and maybe uh, some bonus content for this summer, maybe some extra credit stuff we can do. Uh, we can share some more of these a little later down the line. Is that all right with you, Robbie? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Well, the last shortcut that I'm going to share today, at least, is one that I think most teachers can relate to. I personally am terrible about remembering to have a student make up an assignment if they're absent. And so I have to have my task manager remind me of this or it will never happen. And so I have a makeup work task. And if we're in the middle, especially in the middle of a test or something like that, and I notice, hey, this student's absent, I will quickly run this shortcut. And it has a list of all my students, and it's they're broken up by um, my partner's homeroom and my homeroom. And then um, it asked me to select which students were absent, 
And uh, then it uses my task manager things. It uses some of its built-in native shortcut abilities to create a task for me. And what things can do, it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. Um, in the settings of things, you can actually create some uh, specific shortcuts and add them to the shortcuts app. And so you can do specific show lists and things or create to do's. And so I set inside of things, I've set the title as makeup blank and the uh, list as work. And then um, the checklist inside of it is I select paste from clipboard. And so um, I have the shortcuts app save that list of students who were absent to the clipboard. And then things, when I run the shortcut, brings that list in and makes it a checklist inside. So if the next day Johnny is still absent, but Susie's not, I can have Susie make it up the very next day and then still keep the task saying, hey, don't forget about Johnny. And then, so the title says make up blank. And then I run the shortcut and inside the shortcuts app, I select the students. Then it opens up things and says, all right, here's everything we've got. When do you want this to be due? And make up what assignment. And I fill in the rest of the title and select a date, which I generally select as just the next day, and then save it to things. And the next day I'm reminded to have Johnny and Susie make up that test that they missed because they were sick. You will also notice one of the big downfalls of shortcuts and native shortcuts and all of this, and it's one of my biggest complaints about things as a task manager, things has a separate iPhone and iPad app that you purchase. It's not universal. So your Siri shortcuts only work for the one that you created it on. And it's super frustrating. So I have to create the exact same shortcut in both. And then in my shortcuts, and you'll notice this if you download the shortcut, that I have a section that says, get device details and get the device model that this shortcut's running on. And if it contains iPhone, the title of the device model contains iPhone, then it runs the iPhone version of it. And otherwise, aka it would be an iPad, it runs the iPad version. And it is so frustrating that I have to build in this contingency into my shortcuts. And it's one of the things that other task managers do right. And I've complained to the things developers and they're just like, yeah, sorry. Um, but it it is something that you have to think about. Yeah, that's a real letdown. But amazing that you can do that, that you have the option. I didn't even know look up device details was a possible action in the shortcuts app. Oh yeah, you can get all sorts of things. You can get um, what version of iOS you're running, um, the exact device name, the current volume, the current screen brightness, the height and width of the screen, um, all sorts of fun stuff. So that's awesome. Well, looking at our outline here, we do have an, enough stuff that I think we do have some bonus content for down the road. I mean, looking here, speaking of tasks tons of stuff in our outline involving tasks i do a lot with project templating and um taking team lists and collaboration apps that i'm using on my music team and kind of turning that into 
personal tasks and my OmniFocus to-do list. So there's tons of stuff here. I think we can probably look forward to another episode because we also want to make sure that today we address some listener questions. Yeah. So, uh, Robbie, you want to kick us off with that? I feel like I've been talking a lot in this episode. Yeah, let me kick us off with our first one. This one is from friend of the show, Mark Miller, Mark D. Mill on Twitter. That was his Twitter handle, in case (laughs) that was unclear. Yep, you got it. So, Mark says, how do you organize them? Shortcuts, that is. Mine are a hot mess. And I guess we didn't fully detail the user interface when we were explaining how the app is set up. The Shortcuts app upon launch is just a series of brightly colored blocks that contain the title of the shortcut. And you tap on it to run it. Uh, You tap on a little circle with like a, I guess it's like an ellipses in it. Is it it three dots? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then that's the edit shortcut button. So tap it to run it, tap in the little upper right corner to edit it. Um, Anyway, the point of this question is to address that once you have created, installed, borrowed enough of these shortcuts, the interface has no way to organize them other than to just drag them in a particular order. So if you have a lot of these, it is an endless scrolling nightmare of rainbow primary (laughs) colored blocks just to find the one you're looking for. And there's only so many colors available. So it's like you can organize your green ones if they're Evernote related and your blue ones if they're Google Docs related. But you still, at the end of the day, just have to keep scrolling. Um, Well, I guess I kind of just addressed a little bit of the answer to the question for me. Unfortunately, there are no folders. So... um, the best you can do is try to group them. Like I have at the top of my shortcuts library, uh, my most triggered ones. So they're just kind of an, a miscellaneous assortment of what I need the quickest access to. But as you scroll down, I, I just kind of organize them by type. Like I've got a, a huge area of ones that are all, share sheet actions. So things that I run by clicking the tapping the button, that's a square with a little arrow pointing up out of it. Like if I want to take uh, a Reddit URL and open it in my Reddit client of choice, Apollo, I run that shortcut. Although that app just today created an action for the share sheet that does that. Congratulations, Apollo. Um, So then I've got, if you scroll down, I've got a series of actions, like I said, that are all related to appending Evernote notes. Those are all sort of in the same area and they're all green, which helps me to recognize them since the, you know, the Evernote elephant is green. And then if I keep scrolling, I've got uh, just an endless dumping ground of stuff that is not organized at all. That has just been stolen from the internet. Yeah. You know, back when workflow first became shortcuts, I started trying to figure out, let me try and organize these. And so I assigned different colors to different things. Like the light blue color is anything having to do with the app things and task management. Um, Anything yellowish has to do with my blog. Um, Anything blue is something that I would run inside of Safari. 
purple was music, things like that. But, and, and it was great. And I dragged them and had them grouped by color too, based on how often I would use those types of tasks. But then I kept downloading ones from the internet and making new ones to test out. And it's like, I have half of my list is super well organized. And then you get to the bottom scrolling and it's just nothingness. Um, and I also don't trust shortcuts has had some issue with iCloud sync forgetting the order of your shortcuts. And so I just don't ever trust that and when I move stuff around that it's going to save and be remembered. So now I just don't do a whole lot. Yeah. It's tough to trust a system that doesn't work consistently. Yeah. I will say there is a search bar up at the top. And a lot of times if it's not one that I have saved in the today widget or have a Siri command for, I'll just search for the name really fast. And that's super easy. Another thing that's frustrating too, is like for me, I keep, a lot of these in the widget. I don't keep the shortcuts app very accessible from the home screen. Mm -hmm. So you actually have an order to the way the launchable today widget buttons appear, which you can customize in the settings, but there are certain shortcuts that are only specific to my iPhone and some that are only specific to my iPad. And there's no way for me to have a different order on one device from the other. So when I'm on my iPad and I want to launch my seating chart shortcut, I've got like all this coffee stuff <laughs> that I have to look at first. Uh, and likewise on the iPhone, um, you know, thing, I do a lot of health tracking stuff and it's clouded with seating chart stuff. Yeah. Um, next question, Christopher Chelpka on micro.blog um, asked, uh, you know, what, what do you need to understand before you start building shortcuts? Where can you learn? And we mentioned earlier, you know, going and checking out what other people have done. Um, basic, basic understanding of programming principles doesn't hurt. Like those if statements that I said earlier, that's straight out of writing code and variables. Knowing what a variable is, is huge. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go, uh, I'll include a link to um, a description of what variables are in JavaScript. And you can read about that. It's basically a way of storing information to bring back and use later. And it's like the most foundational part of writing code is variables. And I would say that it is the most foundational part of shortcuts as well. So if you don't know what a variable is, that would be a huge thing, but just even a basic understanding of um, if statements um, is a big one and variables. Those would be the two biggest things. Two other resources. There is a now discontinued podcast about iOS productivity called canvas. Yes. And there was a mini series on shortcuts back when it was called workflow. And there's about three or four episodes that are, much more descriptive and sequential than this one about like how to understand the different facets of the app. I think it's, even though the title of the app has changed, it's still very, very relevant and there aren't that many episodes of that show. It would be easy to, we can link them here in our show notes, but it's not that easy to kind of scroll around the feed and find the workflow mini series. The other thing I would recommend is David Sparks, known as on the internet Max Sparky, 
has a video field guide, basically just like a video tutorial series on using the workflow app. I think he's updated it to now, now it's like the shortcuts video field guide. Uh, but yes. he, he's got a part of his website where you can purchase that video series and many of his other video and series video series and books. And he's got a lot of great content. He is a great teacher of how to do things on a computer through video. Like he breaks things down so well. So if, if you're willing to put a little money at something that could save you hours and hours, that would be the first place that I would say, give your money to because David does an amazing job at that. And his stuff is reasonably priced. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we we need to wrap up. We're going super long. So I'll just say we will talk more about this. I love talking about it on Twitter. I will also say one other resource to look into. Um, follow at Matt Casanelli on Twitter. I will link to it, uh, link to his profile in the show notes. He used to work for the workflow team until they were acquired by Apple. And he was their customer support person and wrote all the documentation on how to build workflows. And he still tweets. He makes YouTube videos, shares information about shortcuts. Um, as of the day we're recording this, just yesterday he wrote an article on iMore about all the apps that have native shortcut actions. And Tim Cook retweeted it and started following him on Twitter, which I'm still freaking out for him that Tim Cook is now following him on Twitter. Um, so he is such a great resource and super kind. Like if you say to him, Hey, Matthew, I am, I, I want to do a shortcut that does this. How can I do it? He loves helping people and building stuff for them. So um, definitely follow Matthew Casanelli at Matt Casanelli on Twitter. Agree. Well, I think we'll have to begin the steps required to organizing our next shortcuts show. Yep. We should maybe make a shortcut to create a shortcuts episode. That's not a thing. That won't happen. Although I can create podcast templates using uh, Siri shortcuts in Ferrite. So there's something. There it is. Well, hey, we'll share all of these workflows shortcuts that we discussed in the show notes where you can also find every other useful link related to the things we talked about today. Uh, I don't have anything else, Craig. Do you? I don't. Awesome. Well, until our next episode, two episodes left. Dun, dun, dun. HBO is always saying that. Yeah. Thought it would make us seem cool. Anyway, yep. until then, you all stay classy. And stay nerdy. <laughs> <laughs>